Contact Center Focus, the Reality Training Podcast. You're listening to another episode of Contact Center Focus. What shall we focus on today? We're going to focus on why be a contact center manager. Now, we mean this in a number of different perspectives because we have lots of advisors that we train, advisors and agents and whatever you want to call the operatives who are receiving and making calls. We also have lots of team leaders who we work with and train as well. And of course, they have more senior managers who they report into. And then there's this lovely hierarchy that goes up through the contact center organization. And we want to just draw some interesting parallels here about why managers become managers in the first place and what are the advantages or disadvantages of being a manager. So what tends to happen is that you get a job in a contact center, you receive or make calls for a couple of years, and you indicate to people that you are interested in becoming a manager. And so there's many organizations now who have interim roles where you do a kind of stepping into management role where you deputize for people and they're away and that kind of thing. And eventually you will be promoted to that position and run a team. Now, we'll talk about what you have to do to run a team in a minute, but let's just think about that. So the reason you've been promoted is because you're pretty good. You're pretty good on the phone. You're pretty good selling to people. Your results are good. You've proved your worth over a couple of years, and therefore you've been deemed worthy of promotion. Now, the first question is, do you really want to be a manager? Because there are lots of different things that that title is going to give you, many of which you won't be trained for, won't be prepared for. You could carry on being an advisor, and if you're really good, you could make a case for earning more money anyway, because you're really good at what you do, and that might be a much less stressful route than the one you're currently taking. You could become a trainer, and you could be training people who work with you to do better and a coach. And that might also be another route to earning more, not necessarily becoming a manager of people. Jeremy. You're saying you could present yourself and say, look, I'm really good at selling. I've been doing this a few years now. And you might get the company to create a new position for you, super sales. That obviously may not happen. I think we should just state the fact that one of the reasons why people become a manager is because of the steeped in fact of management being an invention to create a hierarchy and a pay scale. So one of the reasons why you're going to become a manager is you'll earn a few more quid. And it could be that you've, you know, reaching a slightly different stage in life. You want to now, you know, look after other people. And of course, that may be sort of preying on your mind. Like, why am I still doing the same job? And there's the people who are now in their 30s and I'm I am too and I was doing this in my 20s and so on. So let's look at what the shift is and I think the important thing that Bob's already stated is you may get some training you may have an internal sort of route to take it will be very internally focused so it won't necessarily have a lot of external input or you may get to work with an external firm that really help with management but let's look at some of the things that immediately stop you stop talking to customers you stop talking to clients, you stop selling, you stop serving. And this is very hard for some people going into management because they want to tell their team how to do it. And here comes, I think, one of the biggest modern management challenges is that they move into a position where they tell their team what to do. So in effect, they're still doing the same job, but at an arm's length. And one of the things that you mustn't do 
is tell your team what to do. You need to now empower them, coach them, develop them and train them. And we spend a huge amount of our time trying to help managers, particularly new people into that position, to stop telling their team what to do because it's not very motivational. Because now as a manager, you need to motivate other people. So the other problem that we have with contact centre managers, and I'm talking specifically about team leaders or customer experience leaders or whatever it is you want to call them, some, let's say 20, 25% as an average, some should not have been made a manager. With the nicest will in the world, they are not people, persons. They have been promoted to that role because they've literally hung around for long enough that they thought they may as well promote them. And that has been the case for years now. We've gone into rooms full of managers and you've got different types. And within an hour, we can tell which of the type who have just risen to that position and don't actually subscribe to what a team leader should do. In the end, a team leader is responsible for the performance of their team. And you would imagine that that being the case, you would spend most of your time working on the performance of your team. But actually, for many managers, it's much nicer for them to do long-winded administrative tasks that make them look busy, but have little or no effect on the performance of the team. Yeah. And so if you think, I want to go into management because I'm good at admin, well, you've done good, slick sales and service wrap-up admin. There'll be a whole new world of measures and reports that maybe your senior manager or the next manager up will want to read or claim they'll want to read, whether they will or not is another matter. You'll have to do a certain amount of reporting and all that sort of stuff. And one of the things that we try to do in our work is to wedge time into the contact centre manager's diary, time to coach. And as Bob just said, help the team sell, help the team perform. So you mustn't keep driving a dashboard because you won't really shift the results of the team. So one reason why you might be a manager is you want to motivate others to perform so well and you're able to move on and drop your own selling and serving and you know you can now really help others to reach a level that you are at and your motivation is switched. It's all about other people. That, I would say, fantastic. Go for it. If you're really feeling that and you want to help a team, you've got some intrinsic management stuff in your genes. Now, another issue is important to recognize, bonuses. As a manager, if you are an organization that offers performance-related bonuses, you will now be reliant on 8, 10, 14 people to deliver a, a number which will ultimately affect your bonus. And in some cases, that'll be great because if you've got a lot of top performers and a lot of people who use underhand methods to uh, hit targets and you don't really mind that, you might do very nicely as a result. That might be a very good reason to become a manager. But unfortunately, you're probably going to have a team of people of varied skill levels, varied results, and your bonus is going to be reliant on some people who are never going to hit any bonuses of their own. And so your ability to help those people and help them to do better and help the entire team to perform is going to be the thing that's in question. And so if that's the case, do you really want to be spending 50% of your week doing long-winded, dull administrative tasks and attending long-winded, dull and uninteresting meetings, which are not going to help your team to perform at a higher level? And so this is the, the paradox of becoming a manager, 
that you want to manage more effectively, but the the kind of system of the organization will mean that managers are locked up in tasks and meetings and reports far more, and you're still expected to motivate and manage your team to a high level of performance. And we know there's another whole area that you're going to get involved in, which is people who are not performing. And you'll have various internal buzzwords for whatever these plans that they get put on, performance plans, related performance plans, whatever they are called. And you'll get HR involved. You'll go into rooms with people. Now, you want to avoid that by being the coach right from the start, being the inspirer right from the start. So if you think I'll go into management and let them get on with it and I can stare at my screen all day, then we would really say don't. If your team is your reason for being and you want to be inspirational, get them all to be brilliant and you support them in that, fantastic. But we know that the modern environment of a contact centre is quite controlled and therefore if you're unable to shake some of the very much sort of fixed ideology of your contact centre organisation, you may struggle against that. If you want to get your results as a result of a team's performance, these are all fantastic reasons. But you must be wary because I think a lot of people just end up in it and they sit in these roles. And I've had sessions with people where they go, I had no idea it would be like this. You know, no one no one really told me. And suddenly you've gone into management. Now, if, if money is the motivator, you may have to change the organization you're with to earn more money because the salary is lower, the bonus scheme isn't compelling enough you might have to switch what you actually sell and of course if you're very interested in serving customers as bob said you might need to go into training or customer experience design all these other sort of roles so we just want to explain that there are other roles to take other than going up the management rung certainly if you need to earn more money you need to investigate this far more fully now the positive side of this is that if you are a really good contact center manager and we've met many 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 of those What they are good at is managing their time. Now, that is a really important point. Are you going to treat the administrative tasks with the contempt they ultimately deserve and spend your time focusing on your people to achieve great results? That is the really important thing that you can do. All the other stuff is literally a waste of time, but it's just something you're asked to do. And in the end, your company will forgive you all of that if you're hitting your targets, hitting your numbers, motivating your people, demonstrating the best way for your team to run. And to have a top performing team as a manager means that you have the chance to go further up the ladder more quickly, earn more money, more responsibility, manage more people. And that is the ultimate thing that's going to come your way. However, you've got to understand that that comes down to you managing your time effectively on the valuable stuff that brings in results rather than the kind of not very interesting administrative stuff, which will not add anything to the bottom line. The other thing to consider is the world has changed. We work with some clients now that have got rid of their contact centers and everyone is at home. So if you love the thriving building and going into a building and that's the environment you like to be in and you're not being offered that, then remote management is a very different role. You're talking to people inside their homes. You are getting much closer to what motivates them personally, not to work in a physical team. So you won't have a team around you and neither will that individual you're managing at home. So be very wary of that. If you're sort of been nurtured in a physical environment and you've loved that and think, well, my manager was great, but now everyone's at home, it's going to be very different. 
because remote management is arguably a much higher skill, much more one-to-one personalization, understanding teams, shared values, bringing people together when they are separate. You know, that that is a, a new and fast emerging skill that is required in contact centers. And not everybody wants to learn it and not everybody should do it. We have trained many contact center managers over the last 20 years, some of whom have been in the role for years, and we are the first training they've ever actually had to do that job. Now, that's a really good question when you look at that title, team leader, contact center manager, customer experience leader, how much training am I going to get to do the job? It's a really important question, not just shadowing people and doing it when people are away and filling in, Mm. not just rising to that challenge, which you've been untrained for. To manage people is a tough gig. You're going to have some people who are a real pain. You can have some people who are really difficult, some people who are emotional, some people who are damaged, some people who are mavericks, some people who are brilliant, some people who don't need much managing, but you still need to encourage them. There's so many things you need to learn about people. And you've got to be trained to recognize these things and trained to work with people. And if you're not going to be trained by your organization, they're just going to promote you. That tells you a lot about them. And I think there's something to be said for, okay, I'm going to be promoted to this job. What training do I need to make sure I can do it well and make sure I know that I'm focusing on the right things to deliver the result? And some companies will argue that actually we just promote people some of these natural skills. The two skills that I consistently see have never been trained is presenting skills, how to present brilliantly, to run inspiring meetings, to gather people together. You know, amazing presenters. And also the quality of the coaching training that you'll receive to really understand what is that intervention and what does that really mean? How do I become a great coach? So those are just two skills that you should be asking your organization to develop you in so that you can actually bring to them what they really want, which is the 10, 15 people in your team to all be brilliant, to hit the targets and so on. So consider it wisely, folks. Anything else to add? This will be a subject we'll be returning to and the bits of this subject again and again through these podcasts because it is a sort of never-ending movement of, of information. But we'd love your feelings on this and in particular, which elements of managing teams are the hardest because we can definitely give you ideas and tips that will help you too. So this is Bob and Jeremy, Contact Centre Focus, Why Be a Contact Centre Manager, and we'll see you on the next one. Ciao for now.